0: Hey Adele, so on the 4th of July, I had some neighbors set off fireworks a few hundred yards from the field where my horse lives. Well, I don't think he's ever seen fireworks before, so as soon as he heard the popping and the crackling, he took off like a shot, and he was just drenched in sweat by the time I got out there. And my question is, is there anything using positive reinforcement that I can do to prepare him for situations like that, or um, any way to just get him used to that type of stuff, but still using positive reinforcement. Thanks! Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Willing Equine podcast. I'll be recording this episode in my car, so the audio may not be super clear, and sometimes I have my kids with me, so if you hear a little bit from them, I apologize, but hopefully you can still enjoy the podcast. I'd love to hear from you after you listen to the podcast, so feel free to comment on any of my social media platforms, or email me, or even send me an anchor voice message. When we're working with horses, it's inevitable that there's going to be a time where, despite all of our best efforts and you know how hard we've worked to um, expose our horses to different stimuli, as far as like what's commonly called desensitizing, uh, and how you know we can try our best efforts to make their environment low stress and to prepare them as much as possible, but. It's inevitable that we're going to come across an event where it throws the horse over their fear threshold. So they're going to go from really relaxed and eating their grass or whatever it is or working with you. And then their head's going to shoot straight up in the air. They're going to pause or freeze. And then they might panic and bolt or... Um, or startle or start running or backing up or rearing or anything any type of response that would be in the fight flight response so uh, either a fear response that's going to be a fight one like kicking out rearing um, and or you know similar behaviors to that biting or a flight response such as running circling uh, maybe even like pacing that would be a minor one where it's usually that's in a confined space so you won't really see a horse pacing unless there's walls so they're prevented from going anywhere um, but that would still might be considered being put into a flight response and also even the circling too is usually at the end of a lead rope and it's the horse being trapped and not being able to get away from you they're they're tied to you but they're still in a flight response they're moving their feet very quickly or even just non-stop um, but They can't leave you so they're not just straight out bolting. So it's inevitable that we're gonna come across a situation like this. We can't possibly prepare for everything, although we can certainly try. And some horses are more prone to being sent over fear threshold than others. Some horses are more confident and have been raised in such a way where they might startle for a second, they might like freeze really quick and then kind of jump back into it, as far as oh, okay, we're all good, and they just go back into work. Um, this is a really common response for one of my horses, my uh, Philly River. She's been raised in a way such a way that I've always encouraged her confidence and I've reinforced her for investigating things. For anytime something has worried her, I've always reinforced her for going towards it and being like, hey, what's that? So the most I will see her do is kind of do a freeze startle where they just splay out their feet real quick and then she will maybe snort for a second maybe even one time and then boldly go towards whatever she's scared of she will just like just hunt it down uh to the point sometimes where I'm like hang on hang on you can't you can't actually go towards that thing so you know, some horses are more like that. And some horses, you know, are uh, run and then ask questions, you know, get scared first, and then ask questions later. And these types of horses can be challenging sometimes, because they, um, what can start to happen is, is they, they work themselves into this panic, or they get scared, and then they just start running. And then what are you, how do you stop it? How do you, when these horses get into this frenzy where they just are... It kind of looks like they've just lost their mind. They're just running, making laps around the arena, or they've bolted and they're just ripping across the barn um, or the pasture... Or they're just fighting at the end of the lead rope and pulling uh, a sitting back is a really good example of this where a horse is trying desperately to escape whatever it is that's scaring them and they're restricted and they go into this panic mode and there's it's like nobody's home like you can't bring this horse out of this panic that they're in. Sometimes we try, you know, a lot of people will try and bring a horse out of a panic like that through a form of punishment. So shouting at them or getting a whip out, um, you know, telling them to knock it off, any form of punishment that would just like suppress the behavior. It'll just stop it dead in its tracks. People, I mean, we try this quite often to see if we can get it get the horse to stop and usually these are an effort well it can be done in effort to because it's the behavior is annoying and we want it to stop and you're actually trying to stop the behavior but it also can be done in an effort to try and save the horse so you know horses that sit back they're at high risk of breaking something um, whether it's internally or externally and uh, we don't want that to happen to them being good caring horse people we want our horses to be physically sound and sitting back is not healthy for them and for their neck for their head for their muscles anything it's just not good so what do we do though in to try and stop this panic mode that the horses go into and it's technically a fear response so they're in an extreme fear response panic when you're looking at the emotional systems based off of Panskep's work Panic is a different type of emotional state that has more to do with separation anxiety and being separated from companions um, and abandonment. So we're, ta- we're actually looking at fear, the fear emotional state, and when a horse goes over a threshold like that and starts just being frantic and we seem to completely lose their minds, and this is because they're in a survival state. They are doing whatever is needed to survive whatever is happening to them, and logic as far as we're concerned, what looks illogical to us is not what's going to be going through that horse's mind. They're doing what's logical to them, which is escape. Escape or fight. And we often don't want to use punishment to bring horses out of this state. We don't want to have to be rough and to you know, hey t- tell them hey knock it off. Like get your crap together. Like we want the, we want to find a way to do this in a low stress way. We don't want to add to their stress. We want to be as positive as possible in our experience with the horse and telling the horse that, you know, we're here to be um, a source of reason for them and to get them through this situation. And we want them to trust us. And adding punishment on top of fear is not likely to create that relationship with your horse. So, but what do, we, what do we do when the horse is already, you know, food, clicker, that's just, they're so far beyond that state of mind that it's not likely to bring them back into um, training easily and bring their brain back and bring their response back to um, a calm, you know, rest and restore state and learning state where they can function and process the information that we're giving them and to respond to cues and such like that. So what do we do? First... Is gonna be keep your horse safe so do what is necessary to make sure that you and your horse stay safe Uh, this might mean that you involve pressure and release this might mean you involve uh, positive punishment so an application of something aversive to the horse to suppress the behavior if you have if you have a horse that is trying to frantically bolt at the end of a lead rope, and if they were to get loose, they would run into the highway, you might need to yank that lead rope to make them stop temporarily, just briefly, so that you can use other methods to bring them back into a thinking, you know, not thinking, but a um, an, uh, into a state where they can respond to you, in a way that's more positive and less stressful and not gonna involve punishment. So I try not to say a thinking state versus whatever other state they're in because they're thinking. They're just not thinking how we want them to. They have just gone into, they've almost, they've switched into survival mode. So they are beyond listening to a cue of touching a target. They're beyond all of that other stuff. They are in a state of mind where their survival is paramount and they're gonna do what it takes to survive. So, in these situations, we will have to do what is necessary to keep them safe and to keep ourselves safe. And I'm not, this is the only time that I will actively and consciously decide to use a form of punishment because they are a thousand plus pound animal and we are, you know, 100, 200 pounds. And We, um, and we do love them and sometimes acts of love involve something that is not necessarily desirable temporarily to preserve life on either side so that we can fix the situation. So this is not a training solution. This is a survival situation. This is an emergency, severe emergency case situation. Ideally, we would have avoided the situation or seen it coming and starting to escalate and would have resorted and would have started using other preventative measures first before having to be in this situation. But there are going to be situations where this happens. I had a situation happen with a mayor a while ago. It was probably fall last year, and she was in a state of panic, like the actual emotional state panic, and was just so much her her mind had left me completely and was focused on getting back to her companions at all costs to the point of hurting herself hurting other people around her she was not in a trainable state and this was my fault because I put her in that situation I put her in a situation I put myself in that situation that was this was completely a fault on me um it was not good planning. I put her in a place that she was not prepared for training wise and emotionally and physically and mentally. And so the the, um, situation, the response, the outcome was not desirable in the least. And it put me in a lot of danger. I got caught between her and a fence. And all she knew was that something was restricting her from leaving. And that was the rope, the lead rope that I was holding on to. And so she started fighting at it, which happened to be attached to me. So double barrel kicking towards me. And I had to use all of my force and all of my might and all of my survival instincts for myself to bring her head around as quickly as I could and snap that lead rope as fast as I could to kind of shock her into standing still for a second so I could undo the lead rope or let go of it or get her somewhere where I could untouch it. Unattach the lead rope so she could stay safe so that I could get out of there that was not a training situation I was not training her that way I was not demanding she respect me I was not demanding that she you know just get over her fear and get with the program and that I was the dominant one it had nothing to do with that it had everything to do with survival for both of us And then afterwards, after I got out of the situation and I realized the mistake I had made and the mistake I had put her into, the situation I put her into, and the whole thing just was one massive, terrible learning experience, but a needed learning experience, there always are, I, um, started immediately training for protocol for a situation like that. Like what happens if this mare who I knew had separation anxiety starts to panic. What do we do? Well, I had to establish a whole series of behaviors that would help her calm down when she started to escalate and would create um, cues that were so, I had to create cues that were so strong and so well reinforced that she knew exactly what to do, even when she's starting to escalate. So even when she was starting to worry about her companions, I could say, you know, target this or lead with me here or, You know, do this. And she was like, oh, okay, okay, I got this. And even though I can tell her brain is kind of like, eh, like a little bit on edge, like she's starting to worry, we had built up such strong cues and such a trusting relationship that she's like, okay, okay, I trust you. We're going to, I mean, this is anthropomorphic here, but, you know, she's like, I'm going to trust you. We're going to go from point A to point B. And I know you're going to get me back to my companions. I know you're not taking me away from them permanently. Like it's all going to be good. And also on the, all, on top of that I also made being with me more I tried to or I started working on making with being with me more reinforcing than being with uh, companions so you know being with me you get lots of goodies and we work on fun stuff and I'm never going to take you too far away um that to a point where you're uncomfortable or fearful and then being with your buddies is fine too you're fine to be with your buddies but there's not all the good stuff that's with me so that was definitely added there um So that's all to say that absolutely, when you're in a situation where it's life or death, where somebody's going to get hurt if the situation is not handled immediately, you will need to use some amount of force to stop the situation if possible. Now, like I mentioned before, the goal, good trainers, and and this is what I I strive to be this, in my opinion, good training, involves setting the horse up for success. So if you know your horse has separation anxiety, don't try leading your horse from the pasture to the barn for the farrier and then tying it there it's just a recipe for terrible disaster and then you're going to have to be you know resort to this type of handling to preserve life and it's just it's not going to help the situation in fact on the backside you're probably going to have an even stronger separation anxiety because being taken away from the buddies resulted in something unpleasant and that just confirms that yes leaving the buddies is a bad thing a bad situation for the horse um, other things, you know, if you know you have a horse that has a leading, that struggles with leading and will lash out when being led or will bite or something like that, obviously we don't put on the halter and lead rope and go walking on a long hike out in the middle of nowhere when we have a horse that we know gets fresh, gets, um, when he starts to get scared or worried, starts lashing out towards the human. This is a situation that is not set up for success and you're going to have to put yourself and that horse into a bad situation. Also to add to this, just like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, that there's things we can do to prepare our horses. We can try and expose them as much as possible to things that might potentially scare them. So if we know a holiday is coming up where we're going to have explosive fireworks, there are things you can do with positive reinforcement. And really what I like to use is a lot of classical conditioning. So when you start to associate a something that might be frightening with something that's positive. There there's a lot of other ways to do that too where we basically, and this goes into the being a good trainer and preparing the horse for success, is spending time preparing our horses for things that we know are going to be um, startling for them and worrisome. And using things like systematic desensitization and uh, counter conditioning and positive reinforcement are absolutely ways that we can do this for our horse. And I talk a lot about this on my website and blog that I'm going to provide links to. So that's the first, is trying to avoid those situations. But as we all know, you can plan and plan and plan and plan and plan some more, uh, and things will still happen. So that's where having a repertoire of behaviors that are really solid, really solid, like (laughs) your horse could be in full flight mode and sees that target and is like, oh, I'm supposed to target it and will t- touch that target. Having those behaviors that well established is so important for helping horses come out of a fear state, for helping h- horses come out of a panic state. Um, I Some of my horses, actually that same mare that had the separation anxiety and all that, which she's doing a hundred percent better on, by the way, uh, every once in a while we'll have a little flare up, but it's way, way better. Um, the, I really worked on cone targeting. I got the cone targeting so solid that she could see a cone from a mile away and she could be like worried about all the other horses and see that cone and she's like, I'm going to the cone and she will go to the cone and then she'll touch the next cone and then the next cone and then the next cone. And so it makes walking her from point A to point B when there's no buddies and she's stressful, stressed really easy because I can just set a bunch of line of cones and send her from cone to cone to cone. And she, even though she's worried about the other horses, she knows we're touching the cone and that really helps. Um, another situation you might be able to use that in is if you have a horse let's say we've got fireworks going off we've got um, or crazy loud noises maybe somebody's got a band or I don't know what some crazy noise that has your horse really worked up you could choose that time if your horse is a really solid target targeting behavior Um, you could work on target practice during that time. So it helps focus the brain. It helps them go, okay, I know what we're doing. I know what we're doing. I can do this. I can do this. This will be a good experience for me. It's all good. And it helps them really focus and stay distracted from that distraction, that fear, um, the stimulus that they're afraid of. So building up behaviors like that, another one would be following a target. You could also mats. So teaching horse to stand on a mat. those are some good behaviors to teach to help refocus the horse when they're starting to get anxious. Another thing you could do is have a type of food or something that the horse is really, really enjoys, but maybe doesn't get all the time. So it's something that's kind of a special treat, but they can eat, you know, you don't want it to be such a huge shock. Like don't give your metabolic horse sweet feed don't do that please that'll just be even bigger issue but you know for many of my horses I give them a little bit of alfalfa every day and when we're going through a stressful time maybe trailering or we're in a stressful environment there's stuff going on or somebody you know my my family likes to skeet shoot so shoot little clay pigeons nearby and new horses that come in you know that makes them a little bit worried so I like to throw out some flakes of alfalfa and that's they're like oh alfalfa and they just beeline over to it and settle in and start eating their alfalfa you can see that they're still a little bit worried you know their head shoots up every once in a while but eating in general calms horses it's a uh, it keeps them in that rest and restore state and it helps them you know, calm down because they've got their head down on the ground and they're focused on eating and it just helps soothe them overall. So encouraging them to eat, maybe take them over to an extra green pasture for a little while, uh, give them a flake of alfalfa, choose their dinner time to be when it's going to be a stressful event. Maybe you know it's the Independence Day or some sort of special time of the year where everybody lights off fireworks. Um, Choose that time to be feeding time, so they're eating their breakfast or their dinner. Probably dinner, while the fireworks are going off, um, or you know, let's say that you didn't know that fireworks or something were going to go off, and the, you look out the window and your horse is running mad all over the pasture. What do you do? Like, what do you? How do you bring them back from that and help them calm down? Um, that would be a perfect opportunity. I'd probably do two things. I'd try and figure out which one would work. I'd get some alfalfa real quick and I would go throw it out there. And usually that brings all my horses to a dead stop and they start eating alfalfa. They could be absolutely losing their minds and they see a flake of alfalfa and they'll come to a dead stop and start eating. Uh, or I will get some targets out or something like that and choose to do a training time during then, and that really helps them calm down. And you'll see, like in the beginning, they'll be really amped up and anxious, and as the training session goes on, they'll start to calm down. You'll probably wanna work with a really high rate of reinforcement at that point, you know, lots of food, lots of clicks, just to keep them focused. Don't choose that time to work on a new behavior, work on known behaviors, work on things that are calming, like head down, touching cones on the ground, mats. Um, you can also try stuff like uh, Tellington so the tea touch Tellington stuff Linda Tellington Jones she has a she kind of made popular the idea of body wraps for horses and also dogs and that can be soothing for some horses it helps them bring awareness to their body and they it brings their consciousness like their the brain back to what their body is doing and how it's feeling Um, that's at least the idea behind it and I've had good success with this when I have anxious horses using body wraps to help them focus during training and being handled and such and helps them calm down so that's an idea as well Um, making sure they have buddies nearby another horse that's calm if you can introduce a horse you know into the herd that is generally not afraid of much that really helps the whole herd it helps them calm down because they'll just like a youngster or a nervous horse will start running around the pasture and then there's this steady Eddie horse that's been around the world a few times and it's just standing there like what are you doing horse like just stand here and eat your dang alfalfa um that will really help and more nervous horses to have a calmer more confident horse nearby and that's why I really like to work uh I match up my herds so that there's a mix of personality types. Most of them are pretty calm and relaxed, and if I have a nervous, anxious horse, eventually they'll kind of start to mold into the general herd t- mentality. and. So I'll have a nervous horse that over time will become more relaxed because the rest of the herd is not responding to the fireworks, is not responding to the gunshots, is not responding to the crazy tractors going by. Uh, And so, so they'll start to pick up from the other herd members that it's okay, that everything's good, we can be calm. So I hope this was really helpful and gave you some ideas of how to work with horses that are already above their fear threshold, that are already in a panic state, that need to... Um, not need to but well further on safety probably need to be helped soothed back into a, a calmer state of mind where they can focus and not be harmed to other people and to yourself again I really want to really kind of drill in the fact that good training is the key here and setting the horse up for success 100% all about setting that horse up for success if you You can't expect a nervous, anxious horse that is panicked leaving their buddies to tie inside the barn by themselves you just can't and you're going to end up resorting to punishment and being frustrated with your horse and somebody getting hurt really got to accommodate the insecurities and work with them while you're training to overcome them so when the horse is panicked when they're over their fear threshold when they're already in that state of mind where they're in fight or flight or freeze that is not a time to train. We are past the training stage. We have lost the training situation, the trainability of what's happening. The horse is not able to be trained in that moment. And at that point, it's what can we do for damage control? Uh, how can we bring this horse back into a state of mind where we can train and we can bring everybody into a safe place? Once your horse has already escalated to that point, it's, it's all damage control at that point. And having really solid cues that are established with positive reinforcement, behaviors that have been over and over and over again reinforced so heavily will really help with being able to have damage control without the use of punishment and pressure. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more about The Willing Equine, head to my website, www.thewillingequine.com. On there, I have blogs and um, a very extensive FAQ. I also have other social media through there. So I've got YouTube and Instagram and everything else you could possibly think of. Also, I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to send me a message or an email, and I hope to hear from you soon.